You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. With the 20th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the New York Giants select Kadarius Toney, wide receiver, Florida. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the Football Grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. Grump, I'm not in a good mood. We're recording this on a Sunday night. Halloween. Wonderful. I had the worst <laughs> trick-or-treat this weekend in Jacksonville at the world's largest outdoor cocktail party as Georgia laid the wood to us as, you know, I feared, but, you know, I have a kind of parallel things between the Gators and the Giants. They are very similar. You know, we're at these, you know, uh, you know, that fork in the road of where we are at the program and in very similar situations right now where, you know, the, the, it, you're not looking at individual games, but more of what every week is, what's the state of the program? You know, do they need to get rid of the coach? They need to start over, you know, where the hell are we type of thing. So I had a deal with all the Georgia fans this weekend down in Jacksonville doing the Florida State chop because they are all Braves fans. And tomorrow night, or you're listening to this, you know, Monday morning, we are playing Kansas City in Kansas City, and I'll be hearing that friggin' chop again. Oh, yeah, you That's are. what the Chief fans do. So my nightmare continues, and I'd like to go in there as thinking, well, we're a NFC champion contender going in there with a chance to win, but the cards we have been dealt with tell us we are significantly not. So let's make let's make some uh, chicken salad at Chicken Duty. <laughs> well, I won't eat that, but. Um... <laughs> You know, it's interesting that you say that because, you know, as the Giants go into Missouri at Arrowhead Stadium to, to tonight, as you guys are listening to this Monday, happy Monday, by the way, um, the Chiefs are kind of in that same spot, too. I mean, this is a team now that has had great success the last three years. Um, I mean, you can't really ask for anything more. And this year have gotten off to a sputtering start. And there's a lot of finger pointing because there's no obvious reason why they're sputtering. There's no Andrew Thomas is out. There's no Dak Prescott broke his ankle. There's none of that. There's a lot of soul searching going on. And, um, you know, the, the Chiefs are kind of in that spot now. I mean, and, and I, it, it may be ridiculous of the fans to say that, but the coaches are now having to answer these questions in press conferences about what is the identity of this team? I don't know. Why did you lose so bad? I mean, we're coming we're coming to Kansas City now off of a, a 27-3 loss um, to, to the Tennessee Titans. I mean, that is three let's, points let's by of, a Patrick Mahomes-led offense. That's insanity. Let's think about that for a minute. You yeah. know, we've been complaining this year about, you know, you know, everybody wants to fire Jason Garrett, and everybody doesn't like the conservativeness of the, of the offense, and Daniel Jones is – making his little baby steps, you know, to become a real quarterback and everything. We haven't been held to three points in a game this year, right? Hasn't been that bad. The Rams game was pretty terrible. Yeah, but I mean, you know, we are the New York football giants. We are a team that's one of the, you know, 10 worst teams in the league. We are not Kansas City. And when you see Kansas City doing this, it's kind of like you just, you shake your head. You, you, I mean, they, 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 their major problem they had in the offseason was addressing their offensive line. They get five new starters in the offensive line. And, it didn't really you know, work. It, it, it's regressed. I, and I get it. It takes time to 
to gel and work together and all that. But, uh, you know, we're in week seven, week eight. And, for, right, for a Patrick Mahomes team to score three points against anybody, it, it's mind-boggling. Let me, let me give you the offensive numbers, the offensive leaders for that game for Kansas City. Mahomes threw for 206 yards. Mahomes was also the leading rusher for Kansas City with 35 yards on the ground. And the leading receiver was Pringle with 73 yards. And that is, those are putrid numbers. So so following this shitty offensive performance, and, and by the way, a lot of this that's been going on for them this year has been the turnovers. 17 turnovers. This That's year the, on offense. That is the hugest thing. And there's all this finger pointing about who it's on. Uh, is it the offense? Is it Patrick Mahomes? Is it the Andy Reid offense? Have they caught up to them? Or is it the defense? Now, there's a case to be made that the defense is certainly not playing up to the standard that they've been the years prior. This is starting to look like a Steve Spagnolo issue. Uh, I mean, at this point, I can say you, it's probably a trend with Steve Spagnolo that Either, you know, he has all fires, all cylinders firing with, you know, these star-studded pass rushers and, and you know, some great corner in the back, um, or they're just absolutely terrible and they give up tons of points. I mean, there's no in-between with this bag's defense. I, I and, can kind of say that with a lot of defensive coordinators, too. Yeah, that's probably true, too. But, I mean, I mean, this isn't a bad <laughs> roster that he's dealing with when I say he doesn't have, you know— you know JJ Watt on the offense uh, on the defense doesn't mean that they are without talent and Chris Jones and and Frank Clark are very good pass rushers um you know Tyron Matthew is in this defensive backfield this is not a a you know terrible defense on paper um this is right. a problem though and you know the, the case is being made that the defense is is playing so poorly the offense is trying to make up for it and that's where the turnovers are happening um i don't know what do you think how do you feel about it well, I, I mean, turnovers are a big part, but I always believe that you know a lot of the times turnovers are kind of random, also. A little you bit, know? I agree with that, and it, some you know, of them have been bouncing off. You know, hands. sometimes you know, tip passes—that's a turnover. You know, that's just a you know, a, a, a random poor execution play. You know, a, a receiver runs the wrong route. You know, that's a mental thing, but that causes a turnover. And so, you know, you go at your sample size. I guess you know this—they've they, played six, seven games this year, as opposed to what they've done in the past. You know the, the the core guys on offense are still there. The, the core skill position guys and Patrick Mahomes didn't turn into a pumpkin at midnight and all of a sudden turn into you know uh, whatever crappy quarterback you want to bring. So I think it's just kind of you know and also there is something about teams that go deep into the playoffs and make Super Bowl runs in the next year they regress a little bit. Just you know shorter off season, little complacency things like that so I, I think it's kind of a perfect storm of a lot of little things you know we can have this conversation again in january as the chiefs are hosting a first round playoff game and being like oh remember when they were playing kind of poorly back in right the yeah and you know the cure for the common cold is playing a team that is not very good and is very inconsistent and that's exactly what they have coming tonight in us yeah, and let me tell you something else. Chiefs fans, 100% looking back, looking as this is a bounce back game for them if they're even remembering that they played this week. I spent this whole week trying to listen to, you know, their podcast because this is such an interesting matchup. You know, we're looking at a Giants team that, you know, has performed well even if they are really, really bad, you know, and they're coming off of a what you would consider a fairly dominant win against Carolina. I mean, that game wasn't really close if you watched it. Um, 
And you, on the flip side, you've got a Chiefs team that is now sub 500. They are leading the league in turnovers at a rate that is unfathomable. 25% of drives or something like that are ending in turnovers for them. That's that's crazy if that number I have is right. Um <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, you know, and they're, and they're reeling. Three points losing to Tennessee, 27-3. I mean, that game was over, over, over. Um, right. it, it didn't even look close in the middle of the first quarter. And and in that game, Patrick Mahomes had a real scare that he might have been knocked out. Um, you know, he actually cleared the concussion protocol on the sideline, so he was fine, but it didn't look good. Um, so I was really curious to see how, you know, Chiefs podcasts, Chiefs fans, you know, Chiefs radio, Chiefs media – really looked at this matchup. I couldn't even find a lick of any work being done on this matchup. They spent the whole week talking about any number of things between contracts and which ones were good, which ones were bad, which coaches need to stay or go, schemes, which schemes aren't working, which players don't deserve to be here anymore, GM moves, trying to figure out who they can buy at the trade deadline to turn the ship around. They talked about everything except this game. And the deepest analysis I got is... We're probably still going to win this game 35-17. The Giants are bad. That's the deepest analysis. Not we're going to beat them because, you know, they're really banged up. You know, the the game against Carolina, we're not Carolina even if we are bad. And, you know, none of that. Not real analysis. Just the Giants are bad. We're going to win this game. But what are we going to do about everything else X, Y, Z? And uh, I don't know. I was... I understand the Giants earned that reputation, well, but yeah, that's that's kind of the story, though, Grump. I mean, but is it? So here's here's my thing. Here, I look at I look at today's sorry for you guys listening yesterday's Saints Bucks game, and that it was a Saints team without Jameis Winston for more than three quarters, right? Three and a half quarters, I think. In the middle of the first quarter, he left with a knee injury. Mm-hmm. Um, beat the Tampa Bay Bucks. Now, you know me, Cranky Fan. I am not a transitive property of football guy. I'm not going to say we beat the Saints, therefore we're good enough to beat the Bucks. That's not what I'm going to say. But, man, does it make me frustrated that Andrew Thomas is not playing this game against Kansas City. Because that one guy, I think, really changes so much about this offense. Um, obviously, you want Kenny Galladay. You want Saquon Barkley as well. And, and Nick Gates and Shane Lemieux and everything else. But just Andrew Thomas. You look at that Saints game that the Giants played. They played very well. Those numbers were through the roof. They looked like a good, real NFL football team. Win or lose. Going to overtime, they looked like a real NFL football team. And I think that that product on the field, if Andrew Thomas is playing left tackle, going against this Chiefs team Monday night, we're talking about a totally different game. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's slow down, slow down, slow down, because you're, you're all over the place here. So all right, go ahead. Attack let's, let's, let's sort of corral you a little bit with what's going on. Um, okay, first of all, if this game wasn't a Monday night game, let's yeah. say this was on a regular Sunday 1 o'clock game, in the pecking order of interest around the league, where is this game? If this weren't a Monday night game, yeah, I mean, because everybody, I man, this is a game that everybody's going to be focused on because it's, it's a primetime game. There is a huge storyline right now of what is wrong with the Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs are one of the, I'd say right now, three or four marquee teams in the league. Patrick Mahomes is probably, you know, certainly in the Mount Rushmore right now of the most, you know, popular players in the league. You know, you know, just fan appeal, jersey sales, TV ratings, Q factor, all of that stuff. This is not really a game that's of much interest in the national 
spear anyway. The Giants are, you know, we're not a good team. We, 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 we understand that. We are one of the 10 worst teams in the league, if not worse than that. Um, so, of course, you know, their media, and unfortunately you probably listen to a bunch of podcasts that are not talking Giants, are not, you know, locked on Giants, are not the Just Giants podcast. They sound like more like sports radio hot take artists that are trying just to get clicks and trying to hit those you know, hot topics of bigger picture and not worrying about a game like this. But if they were playing a team like, you know, if this was Dallas or they were playing Tampa Bay, they'd be focused more on the game. We have not earned the right to – the storyline right now isn't this game in hand. They're, they have much bigger stories they're going to talk about, I think. And that's, that's fair. Okay, hang on. Let me jump in there first of all. Because yeah. you bring up national interest – that's kind of irrelevant for a Chiefs-centered podcast. There is no national interest involved in what they do. There is a Chiefs interest, and no, there is still a significant well, Chiefs interest coming up. I, was, I wasn't saying I wasn't saying that direct correlation. I was just saying let's let's put this. Well, game I get that. Game. Sure. What what this game actually is like the. I don't think importance is the right exact word, but what is the relevance of this particular week seven game Chiefs Giants? I guess. I get that. You know, okay, it, it's, but, but it's not it's not close enough to. The giant, the the the, uh, the Chiefs got to win, or they're not going to make the playoffs. We're, we're still a little early for that just yet. True. So it's not, they're not quite focusing on the do or die of this particular game. This just happens to fall this particular game after the beating they took last week, as the snowball starting to roll downhill of them not playing well. So that's going to be the bigger story. And you know, okay, so okay, okay, okay. Hang on, hang on. To me, though, there is no bigger story because the game is always. That's a, that's a written story that you have to cover all the time. And my point is, is if, if your story all week is how bad you are, then you haven't earned the right to look over any game. The Giants are not – the impetus isn't well, on the Giants. Well, the burden well, there isn't to draw interest to the game. The game is already of interest. If you're the Chiefs and you're so good that you can look past it, then fine. But you just spent all week saying that you're terrible and well, you need to make all, changes. First of all, the podcasters and the sports radio hosts and the writers have absolutely no impact in the game itself. So if they're overlooking a game, that's got no impact on what will happen in the oh, game itself. Absolutely, 100%. It, it, Agree. Andy Reid is saying these things nonstop in every press conference. If all the players are talking nonstop about it, that's different. That could be – now if you start overlooking opponents and worrying about the big picture, that could impact the game. But what a podcaster says – or the morning drive on, you know, the Z Morning Zoo guy in Kansas City, or whoever, whatever they're talking about has got no impact on this at all. So absolutely true. And I, I guess my my main thing here is that I have so much more respect for all of the podcasts in the New York area who actually put the effort in, even when we're sure we're going to lose, even when we feel really good about a win. A lot of effort put into it. And- the New York Giant fan. Is a very smart fan. It's a sophisticated fan. I, I want to clarify it's, too that it, these podcasts not, I singled out were intelligent people that brought up intelligent things about their own offense. So these aren't dummies. They just chose to do lazy work, in my opinion, and it pissed me off. I mean, you know, <laughs> if we took a stopwatch in the last few shows that we've done, you know, on a Monday, you know, about. How much time did we devote to the actual game, and how much did we devote to big picture stories? Yeah, but that's 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 a but that's an after the game thing. You know, that's not in place of a preview of the next game. That's fair. 
That's fair. If if what you come away with from a game is more about yourself than the game that happened, then that's that's a that's a result that you've decided, and that's fine. Um, you know that that's one thing. You know, I I, I I think the bigger thing is you know, and and you have a right to. It's like you, we are offended that we are not taken seriously as a franchise, and sure, for, yeah. fortunately, we've earned that. We've earned that on the field. We've earned that with our perception. We've we've earned that with. Having you know three head coaches in seven years, we've earned that by, you know, uh, busted draft picks. We've earned that by not being in the playoffs for how many years? We we've earned that by so many things that, yeah, you know, the, the Kansas City sports radio host has not invested as much in the the, the, the opponents each week that the opponents themselves are. So, I, I kind of I, I understand a little bit why that you know, and I think. We're ass chap because we're the ones getting offended by it because yep. we are in this situation <laughs> right now. It sucks. I don't. I think it's embarrassing. You know, I was down in uh, I was down in Jacksonville this weekend for the cocktail party and I was talking to some, you know, friends and it's like, God, you guys are a joke. You know, you guys have sucked for so long. It's like, what do you say? Like, that's not true, man. It's like, no, well, yeah, we suck. I got a, I got a crappy team on Saturdays now and a crappy team on Sundays. What What do you want me to say? But you know, that's fair the enough. Only fair, way, you the know, only way that. The only way that's going to change is this this organization turns it around and starts playing well, and you know. And that's I, I, what, what pisses me off is that I do think that this Giants team, at their full strength, gives this Chiefs team. I think at their full strength, at this point, what I've seen this season, I would think that the Giants would win at full strength. At full strength. We 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 did say okay. That's true. We didn't know what Kansas City are. Is that's why I said at now. this point, yeah. Right, because back in in the off season, I think we oh we I were a hundred percent. I didn't yeah. put this in magic marker pen. I put this in like black stone. Tar. Yeah, yeah. That this is and then this I, team at full strength is not as good as this Kansas City team. Kansas no, but City has to figure things out. They're uh, better. Than right, but what I'm saying is that if this were a full strength Giants team going in tomorrow or whatever tonight, as you guys are listening to this, I'd feel very very different about it than I do now. Um, I would feel pretty confident, especially that, based I, off that Saints game. Would I feel different? Yes, but I feel confident. No. Okay, that's fine. Not based going, based not on the there. all right, I, I I would feel confident, but let, let's let's go into the main thing that makes us worry is probably Mahomes and the offense, right? <laughs> sure. All right. I so mean, tell me a little bit of the Giants on defense. What what are you what are you afraid of the most here? I'm afraid just of like you know Mahomes, you know improvisational skills. You know we, we've seen it a million times. You know the little. Sideward pass like this, the ability to get out of the pocket, the ability to do things to extend plays and create things. And I just have this sinking feeling in the back of my mind that this little two, three week, you know, four week funk they're in, you know, it's just, you know, on a a Monday night, the crowd's going to be, crowd might be a little cranky in the beginning, but it's definitely going to be on their side. And I, I just see like them just coming, you know, breaking out of that funk they're in against us. Uh, can we stop the run? Can we make them one-dimensional as possible? Is that a good or a bad thing against this team, against a guy like Mahomes? You know, the turnovers, they I feel turnovers are a little bit random. I mean, I like to see if we can get, if we can contain him in the pocket more and get a little more of a pass rush on him and force him to make mistakes, I'll start feeling better. Um, can we, can we get a, Sustained pass rush against this new offensive line. I, I don't know. Uh, what do you What do you think? 
That is my main question. My main question is, can we get a pass rush? I know Aziz Ojolari is coming off of a great game last week. Besides just the garbage time stats that he piled up, he played a great game throughout the whole game. The whole front seven did. Um, they, they, they can't allow... What I'm afraid of is seeing this whole game being 15 to 30 yard completions or nine yard Mahomes scrambles because we can't get a consistent pass rush. What we can't do is just rush. First of all, we, it has to be consistent. We can't be just, you know, completely stagnant. Any quarterback beats us with that. Mahomes is no different. And with the speed they have on the outside and the way they'll spread us out, it, it, it's not even going to be close. But so, so it has to be cons- consistent pressure, but it has to be, it's got to be more than one guy. I mean, because you can't just move Mahomes. You can't just get him off his spot. You can't just let him roll out because we've it's seen more, enough he's evidence. More dangerous that he, way. Yeah, he's not a normal quarterback where that's usually good enough where you can get Sam Darnold to be on the move. Now you've cut his field in half and he's only got a high-low read in front of him. This is either he's going to run at a glacial space or throw it away. This is Mahomes has thrown that shown that he, that, that that doesn't affect him at all that he's on the run. He can he's make, an alien. You he know, can he, throw he the whole field is still him. open for him. So mm-hmm. that's the that's the real problem here is is going to be getting a consistent pass rush on him and that's what I'm most concerned about. Is is are we gonna be able to get a pass rush on him. The Chiefs like to spread things out and they like to hit shots deep. You know, they have speed with Tariq Hill and McCole Hardman and Josh Gordon. You know, and then they, that intermediate range is usually just Travis Kelsey just mopping up whatever defender is stuck with him. Um, Which could be a major, major problem. That's going to be a a huge problem. I'm not really sure what we do about that. That might be the biggest problem we have, I think. Yeah, and I think think when we had Jabril Peppers available to us, you know, we did that whole quick slant episode last week. But, you know, that helps a little bit because he can rush. He can kind of sit back and zone coverage pretty well. You know, there's a lot of things you can do with him. And a lot of that is going to be disguised coverages over Travis Kelsey. He's a big, big problem. We don't have that anymore. We have Julian Love probably filling in. Um, you know, there's there's all sorts of things that are going to be a problem there. Um, what I think the Giants need to do here is they need to sit back in the secondary and be patient. You know, Mahomes is going to be Mahomes. They're going to score points even if the Giants play really well. Do not expect a three-point performance by any means. Um but that said, what you can't allow the Chiefs to do is score quickly and like like deep shots. Like you cannot allow that. That has to be stopped. So sit back, sit in a lot of cover two, cover three, mix in some cover one with aggressive blitzes from time to time to keep the pressure up. It's not going to work if they can't get consistent pressure in the front end. But, but I have confidence in the back seven if they have a pass rush. I feel pretty good. That's kind of the rub for this, though. It's like you don't want them to score quickly, but you also – don't want the defense to stay on the field for 43 minutes in the game because right. you know, of course but but what do I, I i know it, that's the, that's going to be the kind of the rub with this it's like this game i kind of feel has the only the only path of victory for the giants is that they can win sort of a shootout and i don't know if they can do that i don't think this offense can you know match score for score if they're scoring you know not quick strike like boom 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 but if they're you know if they have the if they have eight possessions and they score in six of them, I don't think we can we can match with that, and that's my fear. Of what can, is going to happen in this? Well, game. well, matching with that is obviously going to be a big problem, and and to me, that's the biggest key in the whole game is going to be on offense. But what I'm saying on defense, your strategy has to be right now is what's worked against this offense is making Mahomes try to do everything 
himself. So what you do here is you don't want their drives to be three, four-play drives that end in touchdowns. You want him dropping back to throw 12, 13 times on this drive. That's what you want. You want him to... You want him under pressure and you want him to have to choose when he's under pressure. Do I take the risky shot downfield because that's what I like to do? Do I settle for a check down, which is not what I like to do? Or do I try to run and do everything myself? This is where the turnovers are coming from. This is Mahomes trying to do a lot of stuff on himself. Obviously, like you said, turnovers are kind of random. We've seen that. But random is also not so random. Ball's bouncing off of shoulder pads and through fingertips usually come when the timing is a little bit off or, or right. the placement's a little bit off. These kind of things, this is what you want. The, the, the Giants don't have a full option table available to them. This is probably the best strategy for them is to try and force Mahomes to settle for a check down or do something risky. That's what they're going to have to do on defense in my opinion. Um, yeah, I agree. How do you feel about the Giants on offense against this Spagnolo defense? <laughs> um, I think it depends on how – it's going to sound kind of strange, but how we do on offense is going to predicate how I think we'll do – how we do on defense will predicate how we do on offense. I think if we're down early, if, if all of a sudden it's 14 nothing, and then we have to start pressing, I think this could be a long, 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 long night. I think if we can kind of – you know. We can keep this low scoring, keep this kind of close and let us kind of do what we want to do. I think we have a shot. I think, you know, Daniel Jones is playing better and better and better every week. Um, you know, we should probably talk about the injury situation, I guess. Kadarius Tony, we're expecting to play now. Is that the that's the word? So what we have here is um, Kadarius Tony did not practice until Friday. So this is perfect the perfect reason why we didn't do the episode on Thursday night like we normally would. We never would have had this information because we never would have expected Kadarius Tony to be a bit to be available because he didn't practice all week. But what we're looking at now is questionable for Sterling Shepard. Darius Slayton looks like he's in. Kadarius Tony looks questionable as well. Looks like we have John Ross available to us as well. And Caden Smith is also questionable. The only confirmed outs right now are Kenny Galladay, Saquon Barkley, Barkley. Lorenzo Carter, which is going to be a bit of a problem, Carter Coughlin, and Nate Ebner. Um, mm-hmm. Evan Ingram seems up in the air. He did not practice again due to calf. Might be a management thing, though. So that's our current injury situation. I mean, if you if we can get two of those five guys on offense back, it, that kind of changes almost everything, I think. Um, you know, Kadarius Tony, you know, he's kind of like the three kill, like he just, you know, you know how he's jitterbug and makes all these little moves, but he's not yet your number one receiver. He's not your possession receiver just yet. So who is going to be, who is Daniel Jones' go-to guy in a game like this? Because, you know, if Kansas City's defense isn't so great, that place is going to be super, super loud. And, you know, are they going to be using silent counts? Are they going to be using clap counts to go and stuff? That, that's going to that's gonna disrupt the, the rhythm and the flow of, you know, hiking the ball and stuff like that. So I, I'm very curious. If it's not like that, you kind of have like a hot read who you're going to really quick. Who is that guy going to be for the Giants? And that's going to be very important because it's going to be – if not the greatest defense we're going to play against, certainly the adversity of playing there is going to be a problem. Yeah, and that's something we didn't talk about, is it? Um this is like a, a running thing that we've discussed, you and I, and I don't know if it's – it's probably been on the show, but maybe way back in the in the early days. But 
what a Monday night football game means in Kansas City versus what it means in New York City. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in New York City on a Monday night, first of all, the game isn't happening in New York City to start. Um, so anybody who wants to go to the game has to commute, and commuting in and out of New York City is probably one of the top ten most annoying things that people have to deal with. Um, doesn't matter if it's New Not Jersey ideal. Transit or just driving over the highway or whatever it is you want to do. It's never fun. So right there, I mean, you got something. And then it, on any given night in New York City, there's you know a game at Madison Square Garden, whether it's Rangers or Knicks. You know, there's you know maybe potentially a baseball game there going on. There might be a Met Gala going on. I mean, who knows? There is any number of big-time events happening in New York City at any given time. There's not usually a whole lot going on in Kansas City or or Nashville, Tennessee, I guess, um, to that. So when their team is in the national spotlight, especially when they're real, real good like they have been recently – I mean, well, bars are closed because people are at the place. You know what I mean? Well, like this yeah, is a I big mean, deal. Remember, I mean, Kansas City is one of that handful of towns around the country, like Green Bay, mm-hmm. uh, Jacksonville. I mean, maybe to a smaller extent, but you know where their football team, their NFL team, is the center of the town. It's the you know, it's the social fabric that, that binds everybody together. It's you know, when you're at work on Monday. Hey, what time are you going to the game? Where are you tailgating? You want to meet at halftime for a beer? All of those things. That's not how it is in the major cities like New York or Chicago, where it's being a fan is more like a corporate thing to be. I'm not saying it's corporate, but like you're like a professional fan. You're just going where it feels like you're a, a collegiate environment in a place like Green Bay or Kansas City. And you can see it. You know, that place is fired up for Monday night. They take civic pride in this Monday night. Here's a chance where we can showcase our city. Chamber of Commerce event. I hope they have good blimp shots so they can show all the tourist things. It's it's different than New York. And, you know, the crowd's extra loud. They're not selling their tickets on StubHub like Giant fans are. You know, Grump and I have said this on the show a million times that people we sit around on a Monday night game are not the normal people we normally sit with. We find the guys who don't have season tickets and because other people are dumping their tickets and they go and they get really hammered all day and, and that's that. But it's different out there. So, But even then, I mean, problem. the other thing is getting back to the city when you're done. I mean, a lot of these guys, no matter the score, have to leave because they have work in the morning. And getting home is not a 30-minute, 45-minute ordeal. It can be an hour and a half or more. And mm-hmm. doing that at 1130 at night doesn't really set you up for a great Tuesday. Whereas in Kansas City, A, maybe you don't really care because your boss understands you went to the game last night. Because you're probably all off the next day because uh, right, it's, it's what they do. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to like bury a town like that. Like there's some podunk, whatever. I, I don't. No, it's nothing to do with that at all. I mean, you know, it's, some. Yeah. It's just it's a different event there, and you know, people might be event. more understanding, or you know, it might just be like, I'm just taking tomorrow off. This is Monday giant, Night Football, and this is. And this is not a slight at all on my fellow Giant fans. Like, No, no, no. I understand. A, a, a Monday night game in Kansas City is an event. A Monday night game for the Giants in the Meadowlands is a game. It's it's you a know, given it's that we different. get every single year, too. We, I mean, when was the last time we didn't play on Monday night football? Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah. 
I mean, and, and that's, you know, maybe we're spoiled, maybe we're not, doesn't matter. But the point is, you will be able to hear how fired up Kansas City fans are because that is the current record holder for the loudest crowd ever. Um, and it happened on a Monday night, I believe, against the mm. Patriots, I think. Yeah, they, they made some sort of big deal about that. I remember that. Like they're, well, I mean, I get it. I would. That's fine. I would, I would, if I would, that would be a point of pride for me as a fan, personally. Now, the question will be, you know, is this fan base fired up because, you know, you know, they've been playing poorly? Are we going to get, you know, the, 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 the fans at peak performance and peak vocal cords? Or, you know, are some people just like annoyed? Or, I mean, there's a, some people don't show up. I mean, yeah, well, nobody's, I, nobody's immune to it. I mean, it happens to every fan base. You know, a little complacency, a little, you know, when you get a little spoiled, you're like, meh, not playing so well. I'm not going to deal with Monday night. I mean, it's possible. I won't, I, I won't go that far. Sure, it's possible. Everything's possible. I, I, I fully believe that. But what I think is more likely is you're going to be hearing a shorter leash for the players. I think you'll hear boo birds if they feel that they deserve it. What yeah. we saw, I, by the way, the one of the, mm, let's see, we saw... Um, Kansas City players reacted negatively to the way their fans on podcasts were asking questions about whether they deserved money. And, um, you know, or, or if they deserved their contract, I should say. It wasn't it wasn't an outlandish question, nothing we, we don't do ourselves, you know, in our, in our line of work. But, you know, not usually after, you know, appearing in three straight AFC conference games and, you know, whatever. But so we saw in there Anthony Hitchens and Tyron Matthew responding to fans saying that their fan base is toxic and stuff like that just this weekend, like literally yesterday. So... You know, I, I think that's more likely, and that would be a severe advantage for the Giants. The, if the, the Chiefs turn the ball over twice really early in the game, the Giants take a lead, you might be hearing a quiet crowd that showed up or an angry crowd that showed up. I don't Very know. Very possible. Very possible. But the noise know, is definitely a problem, yeah. But here's the thing, though. You know, athletes are very sensitive when you talk about money. Of course. I mean, that's that's like the one thing that really – you know that gets to them and you know it's they are they're hyper competitive they all want to be the most the highest paid wide receiver or the highest paid player in the nfl or something but they don't like talking about it they don't like to be challenged about it so it's 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 a double-edged sword with these guys so you know it's interesting how their media has gone zero to 60 right with those questions like the honeymoon period of you know we love our team our team is great. We've won a championship. We're competing to this type of thing is kind of a little bit of like a spoiled syndrome to me. But it, this is where we are right now. Yeah. Um, as as far as the Giants on offense go, uh, I'm I'm pretty worried about the Chiefs front four between Chris Jones, Jaron Reed, Naughty, uh, Frank Clark. That that's a problem. And the fact that Nick Bolton at linebacker has emerged as a tackling machine that's not going to help. Um, I don't know if we're going to be able to run the ball very well in this game. Um, I have to imagine that C. Spagnuolo's first priority right now is making sure Daniel Jones doesn't run the ball very well. I, I mean, just just having been around Spags and done this podcast while Spags was part of this team, um, I guess kind of – I guess we were setting up for it at that time, 2016, mm-hmm. 17. Yeah. Um, um, you know, I, I know he's going to key in on that. He's going to key on on the O-line. He's going to know that Nate Solder stinks. He's going. I'm worried about him attacking, like, Billy Price. You know what I mean? The things that we don't scheme for. 
The same concerns I had basically before the Carolina game I have right now. Just because we won that game last week doesn't make me say, okay, things are much better. We've turned the, sure. we've turned the corner. We're good. I have I, 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 the exact same concerns with the offensive line I did, you know, eight days ago. Yeah, I, I would. And, and you know what? Brian Burns and Hassan Reddick, really good pass rushers as well. So they were able to scheme around that, make that work. Maybe I'm worrying a little too much. I, you know, I, I'm going to worry about everybody the rest of the year, quite frankly, until you know we get guys you know coming back. Well, next I'm just year saying maybe maybe I maybe I don't have enough faith in in Jason Garrett and what he could do. I didn't think he was going to call some of the things he called, and he called some things I never even dreamed we would call. So, you know, maybe maybe I you know maybe my faith in Jason Garrett is not what it should be or whatever. But I, I thought some of the run calls last week were really smart zone reads, and uh, there was one. You know, zone read where they're really just isolating a big, slow nose tackle, a free shot at Daniel Jones, where he just doesn't have the maneuverability to keep up with Daniel Jones. I thought that was brilliant. I thought that was a really smart way. I think it's a combination of two things. One, I think there's kind of, well, we have no other choice. We might as well play a little more fast and loose. And I think also there's more and more confidence in Daniel Jones being able to, you know, run the entire Jason Garrett playbook. I mean, who knows? How much he's been holding back a little bit, you know, ever since Jones has been the quarterback, just to get him more comfortable with being a, a quarterback in this league, you know, understanding his hot reads, understanding, you know, the different facets of the offense of audibling, of, you know, his route tree and all these things. So the more he's getting more comfortable, it's more natural to him. And you can see it in his play, the more they can incorporate in. So I, I think it's kind of a combination of the two things it's the kind of desperate state of the team and also. They're feeling he has more capacity to run more things. I would think that you're right. Um, you know, me personally, you should always think that. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I, I think that everything you just said is correct. Um, I, I fully agree with that. Um, yeah. I'm not personally a big um, like you need to establish the run kind of guy, um, but I do think in this game, controlling the pace of the game is going to be important. Um, so some semblance of a running game, I think, is is important. But my biggest concern is that it can't be Daniel Jones the whole time. You got to sprinkle that shit in there. I mean, a I don't want it to be because I don't want him getting decked all that much. But b it can't be because it's not going to work if it's always the same shit, and it's not going to work down the line against other opponents either. And I know we take things one ta- one game at a time, and you're always trying to win the game you're in. But you know the. the I'm sorry to have to say it, but when you have Andrew Thomas out for three we- three to four weeks, at least, um, then so, you gotta be you gotta dip into that creative well again and, and dig deeper. So let's talk about Andrew Thomas for a second, because you referenced several times on this show already. Well, if Andrew Thomas was here, if Andrew Thomas was here, if Andrew Thomas was here, how do you assess how he his improvement from, you know, beginning of the season to this point, and even from last year to this year, because you know, there was still some people chirping about him in the beginning of the year, and he's obviously playing much better. What do you see on the film that tells you, you know, how improved he's been and that he is earning his keep as, you know, the first left tackle that was taken in, in that draft? So I, I think we, we saw his progress throughout last year. You know, who he was on week one was obviously understandably not who he was on week 17 because it shouldn't be, but it was also a dramatic difference between who he was on week one and who he was week 17. Right. He was he was already then looking like a very good draft pick at that point and, to and me. The perception, and the perception 
locally and nationally hadn't caught up yet to the actual they had already written they, they they had pre-written their their narrative and because the giants weren't winning it didn't really behoove them to cor- correct that andrew thomas had gotten better over the year because it didn't really matter the story was more that tristan Wirfs was the number one guy and that was the team that was winning the super bowl so it kind of more confirmed that he was the best and not really where to place andrew thomas among the four um, so that's kind of part of it. I didn't think Andrew Thomas started this year that badly. He's had bad blocks. He's had bad stretches of plays, bad drives. But I think he's been fine. But I think what you can see is Daniel Jones plays so much better when Andrew Thomas has a good game. You look at them completely separately. Andrew Thomas had a good game. Then you look at Daniel Jones and his numbers are through the roof, whether they win or not. I mean, some of the problem, again, was the scheme week one and week two was not nearly as downfield as what we saw against the Saints, was it? And we look at that Saints game and that might have been Daniel Jones's best statistical game, best... I mean, he just... He looked like an NFL quarterback in that game. That looked like an NFL team on the field. Andrew Thomas really did that because... A lot of this problem with this defense was, you know, we were wondering what's wrong with them. And there was certainly some schematic things wrong with it. But when you have an offense that doesn't score points and doesn't hold on to the ball for long enough, you have a defense that gets tired trying to do everything. We saw what this team can look like in that New Orleans Saints game. And I don't want to harp on one game too much, but it is the perfect, it's the only sample size we have of a healthy friggin' team. So it's not really my fault that that's kind of where we're at. But that's where we are, where we saw the scheme line up with the roster talent line up with the health. That's what this team can be. And we've seen the development in Daniel Jones and his pocket presence and his pocket movement, which were two things that were really the leading causes of his fumbles. You know, him running with the ball and fumbling is a thing that's going to happen. Runners with the ball attract tacklers. And you get tackled from behind sometimes. What it was really a bigger problem was, was him in the pocket and not having that one more second, you know, ahead to know when and where to move. And we've seen that dramatic improvement. Part of that is an experience having to learn your internal clock. And part of it, it was... The offensive line wasn't even giving him that second. The offensive line was so bad, you start hearing footsteps, even if they're not there, because they're constantly in your ear. And what we see now is a much more calm and a much more... Uh, pocket aware Daniel Jones I highlighted two plays in back-to-back weeks now no Andrew Thomas last week uh and I don't think any Andrew Thomas on the play in which it happened but you know where we saw Andrew Thomas uh, uh Daniel Jones step up in the pocket and slide out away from pressure and then make a play on the run first to Dante Pettis and then in the next game to Darius Slayton that is such improved pocket work from Daniel Jones and I can't draw a direct line from that to Andrew Thomas's play, but I can draw a direct line to bad O-line play and Daniel Jones not playing well. Oh, so. And one thing, by the way, too, let's not forget this. When you look at footwork and you look at better technique, you look at better mechanics, a lot of that's Jason Garrett. Some of it's Jason Garrett, yeah. yeah, so and, and Everybody's yeah, everybody so quick to run him out on a rail for you know the worst offense they've ever seen and everything. He's doing a lot more than just play calling on third and two draw play i mean yeah and, but, and, but it's know, also fair to not like him for not doing very good at play calling i understand that but i mean though let, let's be if you're evaluating job performance and it's not for the fans me you you know it's up to you know uh joe judge Dave gettleman the mayor is you know 
these are all the things that they are looking at. That is that yeah. you know what that's a really good point that no one brings up is well I mean I guess it's been brought up and maybe minimalized I'll say is that mi- minimalized yeah I think that's right uh, minimized minimalized whatever is that you know the turnover problem for Daniel Jones in my opinion is corrected. Right now, the fumble will happen when the fumble happens. We're not seeing – It's I mean, not because he's a turnover machine anymore. They're yeah. just the – I mean you show me any quarterback in this league who has no, no interceptions. Well, yeah. Well, I mean I Tom Brady no Tom Brady threw a dumbass interception. You know, uh, Aaron sure. Rodgers throws in dumbass interceptions. I mean you can point to Daniel Jones' dumbass interceptions against the Rams. That's fine. But what I'm saying is the pocket awareness, we see a big a big jump in his ability there. And we're seeing the in-the-pocket fumbles really reduced. And that's really where the problem was. And it doesn't have to be a finished pro, you know, project on week seven of you know 2021. Yeah. This team is going nowhere this year. This is a year where you know, looking at the bright side of the season, this is an opportunity for him to kind of keep working on his craft. Make himself better. More reps. More reps. More reps. So when you get to 2022, you know if there's a new regime, if there's you know new pieces, new season, he's in a better position to succeed and for this offense to succeed. Yeah. Um, and getting into how he's going, how passing is going to be in this game because it's going to be a huge part of it because the Giants need to score points and they need to move the ball downfield and they need to, quite frankly. Utilize the fact that Kadarius Tony, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, John Ross, Dante Pettis, that's better than any group of wide receivers Daniel Jones had last year. Any oh, combination. God. So sure. there there's gonna be there won't be many opportunities with Andrew Thomas out. I mean, quite frankly, there's not gonna be enough times where Daniel Jones is gonna be able to take a five, seven step drop and hit something deep downfield. But what needs to happen is those guys, when your number is called in the huddle for those deep shots, you got to make that play. And that, that includes offensive linemen. This is our deep shot play. I can't fuck up this stunt. I can't fuck up this block. I can give this up. I can't let this happen on this play. Those are the play because they're not going to call 25 deep shots in this game. They're going to call a handful, five to seven. No more than that, probably, unless the offensive line is playing outstanding, which I don't expect. But they're only going to call about those five to seven. And on those five to seven plays, we need those players to show up. And that includes Jones. You know, the pass has to be there as well. He has to not throw when it's not there, etc. Look, the, there's the bottom line, Grump. You know, as bad as Kansas City has been playing, they are still Kansas City. They are they a very a, good team. They, they have an incredible amount of talent. They have a very good coach. They are at home. All of these things where, you know, at any moment, we and we've seen this with great teams in the past that scuffle along and all of a sudden the light switch turns, eight in a row, mm-hmm. look out, they're fine. Yep. And, you know, we if we've learned nothing in this league is that what you saw last week carries over to next week. It doesn't work that way. And, you know, we're catching him at the right time. Maybe the best time to catch him was last week. Yeah. But no, it's it is going to be a very tall order to beat this team. There is a pathway that they can keep it close, you know. Limit the amount of time that we, that they have the ball. I mean, if we can get execute on third down, you know, you know me, Grump. I'm not one of these. I I can't stand when we play for first downs. You know, oh, yeah. I, I'm I'm playing to score. This might be one of those games where playing for first downs is not the worst thing. It's keep the ball out of their hands. You Giant fans who remember Super Bowl 25 when we played Buffalo, very similar kind of uh, game plan which we utilized and it was you know worked perfectly with Bill Parcells. 
you know, we held the ball for over 40 minutes that game against a high-powered offense that we really couldn't stop. If the game was another 40 seconds, we'd have lost that Super Bowl. We won that game because we were able to run the ball, keep getting first downs, keep the ball out of their hands. And that's really our only shot tomorrow night or tonight as you listen to this is you know, if you see at halftime, it's like 20 to 10 time possession unless we have a couple pick sixes or they just have some quick right scores. You know, if we can if we can turn a 60 minute game into a 30 minute game. We have an excellent shot. If we don't, we really have next to no chance. I think, yeah, but I don't think it's going to come down to running the ball like the, it was in Super Bowl twenty five. But well, I, I, mean, I didn't mean that I get I, I get what you're saying. No, I, yeah. I, I hear you because what this is going to be mostly is quick stuff. This is going to be a lot of getting the ball out of Jones's hands quick, and that means a lot of slants. But what they have to build off of that is the slant and go. They have to be working those quick concepts and then mix them in with double moves because you can't have a Spagnuolo defense playing downhill, just waiting for that short, quick, because you're going to level your receivers and you're going to get tipped pass interceptions and you're going to get guys just cheating in on routes and just jumping them. So they need to work the double moves off of them as well. And they and they work this pretty well against New Orleans as well. If they're going to sit back and zone at all, run two guys through that zone. You have Shepard and you have Tony. Let Tony and his speed clear it out and let Shepard get some yak. You can play those short things. Tony might be your guy to get the long thing downfield, but if he's dragging coverage with him and opening a zone for Shepard underneath, you can get your first downs and win that way. And that's that's a hundred percent valid. You know, I, I think. I think that there is some things you can do with the pocket to help Jones. You know, get the rollouts, get the pocket moving with him, change the launch point. The biggest thing that they can do that I really don't think is going to happen because it just is something that hasn't changed in Jason Garrett yet is a lot of times we run this backside route that has nothing to do with the play progression at all. It's basically a fake route. We're not looking there. Daniel Jones never makes it over there, and you can tell the receiver's not really running a route. He starts doing a go route, and then he's just jogging. He knows the ball is not coming his way. That can't be the strategy against a team that might be getting Daniel Jones running for his life because you don't know if he's going to be running to the non-play side side of the field. I don't like that we run that. To me, all options need to be available for this guy. I mean, he's not Aaron Rodgers that's going to fit it into the tightest window consecutive, consistently. So that's a thing that they could do that they won't. But at the very least, those receivers running those fake routes need to be alert and be available for the quarterback if he needs help. That much I can say. Do you have a score prediction for me? I... I see the blueprint to win. I see the plan to win. I just see the <laughs> the actual chance of that happening very, very small. I, I feel like Kansas City is going to get their shit figured out. I, 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 I don't think this team is a going to end up being like a 6-10 and 10 team overall. There's too much talent. Uh, Mahomes is awesome. He's, you know... The cliche is starting. He's maybe the best quarterback of all time, not in terms of, you know, achievements like a Tom Brady, but just the physical skills that he has, and that's all still there. Um, I think this is. The, I think this is the, the day they they write their ship. And unfortunately, I think they're going to hammer us pretty badly. I think this is going to be. I think we're going to have a little regression on the defense again. I don't think we're going to get that consistent pass rush that's needed. I think he's going to pick this secondary apart. I think we're going to lose something like 38-17. Uh, 
because I, I don't think we were able to run the ball. I think we're not going to be able to match score for score early, and I think we're going to try to force things on offense, and I don't think it's going to work. I think we lose it like 38-17, unfortunately. I think that this game starts off pretty close. I think Kansas City does make their usual mistakes. I think the Giants are able to capitalize, and I think that they start fast. They, st- I mean, maybe not their opening drive, but I think that they score points early on, and we look, mm. we're looking at a fairly close halftime, and then I think Kansas City pulls away. But I do think that this game is close for half of it. I do think – I said at the beginning of the year I didn't think Kansas City was going to the Super Bowl. I was putting it mildly. Um, you know, th- there is no reason for them to be turning the ball over at this rate. I mean, there is no sugarcoating that at all. They are not as good as they were last year, even if they are still a very good team. Um, uh, I think, I think this win- one is 34-24 Kansas City. They win. I think if, if we are going to win this game, we need to have two scores that are, I'm going to say, quote-unquote, explosive. Yes. And what I mean by explosive, either a, a, a run or pass play that's more than 40 yards, uh, a fumble recovery for a touchdown, like a pick six or something. I think we need two of those type of scores. We can't. I don't think we can win this game if we have to grind out every scoring drive to be 12 plays, 13 plays. Um, maybe put into that category also something like, you know, a pick that get, we get the ball in their territory to start. Like we start on their, you know, 29-yard line or something. So we don't have to run all the way down the field or something. I, we need quick scores to have any chance to win because we're not going to be able to grind it out. 100%. Um, and, and and you say that and those and are things – but, but, but I agree. Uh, I've seen enough turnovers slip through the hands of Giants defenders to, to completely agree with you. But what I will say is we saw this literally last week. I mean, it's part of the reason why Tennessee was up so big at halftime were the turnovers and where they were happening for the Chiefs and when they were happening. So there's there's literal precedent for everything you're, you're saying. So while I don't think it happens and I think they lose 34-24, um, it absolutely can happen. Um, don't think that it can't. Uh, and and what again, like I said, what pisses me off is that I don't know that they win if Andrew Thomas is available for this game. But I at least have a much better barometer for where this team is based on the that's result. Football. Yeah, yeah. I, and I understand that that's football, but that's that's what I want to know right now. I don't I don't think that the 2021 Giants are a bit able to beat the 2021 Chiefs. I don't think that. But I want to know how good they are against them. I want to know just how far away we are from competing with a team that's, like that. That's the frustrating thing about sports. It's yep. that you can have on paper before the season started, you can evaluate all 46 guys on your roster. You know everything there is to know about them. And then somebody gets hurt or a tip pass or the wind is blowing an extra mile an hour. That one field goal all of a sudden hits the upright and everything changes and you're 0-1 instead of 1-0. So I don't think you can ever truly know based on one game. I think it's just – Of course. Yeah. So – It just frustrates me. Yeah, I'd love to face Kansas City or when we play the Bucks in a couple weeks, you know, down in Tampa – Thanksgiving. I'd love to know how we stack up against the Super Bowl champs, but you know, it's it's really hard to do that. It's not a you know very, very rarely do you come in, you know, within that kind of accepted, you know, deviation of what's normal injuries versus the ridiculousness that we have this year. Yeah. So well you just have to you know, that's a decision that Gettleman or Gettleman's successors have to make in this offseason is what are the pieces of this team that need to stay and need to go? And 
how do they how is our depth how do they fill in in times of trouble when we had to replace you with someone else and you know that's what the season is it becomes like a big you know audition and a, an evaluation period sucks but you know something let's also put our optimist hat on right now Washington lost again today they have two wins I think three wins three wins okay they have three wins Dallas does not have Dak Prescott mm-hmm. currently you know, who knows how long he's going to be out for they are as we're recording this here in the third quarter they're tied 10-10 with Minnesota Philly I can't figure Philly out at all I mean they I still think they're one of the worst teams in the league and they've had two blowout wins this year but do you really trust them throughout the whole season they're terrible they is, just played Detroit that's it my point being if they pull off this win against Kansas City the season isn't over I mean it's still it's in that cone of uncertainty like you see like a hurricane coming it's like the eye can be anywhere from here to here and you know we're in that range the cone of uncertainty for winning division is still possible if we win this game and if Dallas loses this game tonight mm-hmm. so it's not like we were saying two weeks ago where we ready to bang our heads against the wall and saying wait till next year so this game actually means a lot to the Giants and we'll see how they come out do did Joe Judge you know we, we ridicule him for his you know his cliche speeches about we're gonna see what this team is made of and we want to see 60 minutes and who's professionals well here's a great opportunity to uh you know they'll know what Dallas did after this you know when they play tomorrow they they've seen what Washington did if they this is a team and they think they have a shot they have to go out there and they have to do everything they can to win tomorrow night because if they do our perception of this season changes quite a bit 100 percent. so all right so games tonight hope you guys enjoyed your day of work or are enjoying your day of work and we will see you after the game go giants, go giants.